Hello, everyone, and welcome to the second episode of The Gelman Report. I'm your host, Ellie Gelman, and in today's episode, I'm going to be giving you my predictions for the 2019-2020 NBA Awards. Let's get right into it. In this episode, we are going to be going over five awards, including the Defensive Player of the Year, the Most Improved Player of the Year, Sixth Man of the Year, Rookie of the Year, and Most Valuable Player. So we're going to first start off with Defensive Player of the Year. My two top candidates for the Defensive Player of the Year are Anthony Davis of the Los Angeles Lakers and Rudy Gobert of the Utah Jazz. So when I was doing this, my research for um, all these awards, I went over multiple stats for each award, and I um, multiple stats for each award, and determined through those stats and other factors who I believed should win the award. So first off, for the Defensive Player of the Year, I went over stats such as blocks, rebounds, steals. Of course, those are the main stats people look at. But then I also d- dug deeper, and I went. Um, I got three other stats that I think show a lot about who should win Defensive Player of the Year. One, opponent field goal percentage. Two is deflections per game. And three is loose balls obtained per game. So first, we're going to go over the three stats that people normally go, um, people normally look at. Blocks, rebounds, and steals. In three, two out of those three categories, Anthony Davis is ahead of Rudy Gobert. And those are blocks and steals. Uh, Anthony Davis has 2.4 steals a game, while Rudy Gobert is behind with only two. And Anthony Davis has 1.5 steals a game, while Rudy Gobert only has 0.8 steals a game. While Rudy Gobert is behind in those two categories, Anthony Davis is while Rudy Gobert is behind in those two categories, he's ahead in rebounds per game with 10.8, and Anthony Davis is behind by one rebound with 9.3. So when just going over these three stats, it seems that Anthony Davis, he wins those uh, two to one, but I wanted to go over other stats that I thought are also important when speaking about Defensive Player of the Year. So the first stat is opponent field goal percentage, and that uh, stat is the field goal percentage an opponent has when he is guarded by this specific player. So when opponents are guarded by Anthony Davis, their field goal percentage is 38.5, while when opponents are guarded by Rudy Gobert, their field goal percentage is 40.2. So Anthony Davis again wins another category. Um, So now he's leading 3-1 to against Rudy Gobert in the categories that we've gone over. And the next two categories I think are really undervalued statistics when we're speaking about NBA we're speaking about NBA statistics. These two stats, deflections and loose balls uh, obtained or um, covered, they are stats that are not shown in the stat sheet. And while they're not shown in the stat sheet, they're still stats that are very important in determining how well a player plays on defense and who should be the defensive player of the year. So deflections per game, Anthony Davis has 2.8, while Rudy Gobert is behind with 1.5. And I think this is a very, very crucial stat because there's sometimes when you watch the game, there's sometimes when the player 
will tip the ball, he'll put his hands out, tip the ball, and and his teammate will get, his teammate will grab the ball and he will be credited with the assist. While the person who tipped the ball did all the work and they don't get anything in the stat sheet. So deflection is kind of like another type of steal, I guess you could say, Um, but it's just not counted as a steal. Um, I'm not sure why, but, um, so yeah, Anthony Davis, again, another category where he is beating Rudy Gobert. Um, and so the last stat we're going to be going over is loose balls. Loose balls is the ball is loose. It's out of anyone's hands and that player obtains it and grabs it. And yeah, so Anthony Davis actually leads the league in loose ball recoveries with 105 and leads the league in per game average with 1.9, while again, Rudy Gobert is left behind with only 0.7 loose balls recovered per game. So just to go over again, we went over six stats and Rudy Gobert is only ahead in one of those statistics, excuse me, um, in rebounds and he and so I think through going over these stats, it seems pretty clear to me and hopefully to you that Anthony Davis should be the defensive player of the year. He averages more blocks, more steals. His, the opponent field goal percentage is lower, um, more deflections, more loose balls. I think all of, that, all of those statistics equals a better defensive player and a defensive player of the year for Anthony Davis. So now we're going to go... Excuse me. Now we're going to go on to the most improved player award. Um, and for this and for this award, I have three candidates that I'm going to go over. The first candidate is Bam Adebayo, center for the Miami Heat. My second candidate is Brandon Ingram, small forward for the New Orleans Pelicans, and my third and final candidate is Devonte Graham point guard for the Charlotte Hornets. So I was doing my research and I found, and I was going over some stats and for, my, for me to determine who is the most approved player, I went from the two, their 2018, 2019 averages and compare them to 2019, 2020 averages. And when I go through every single stat, Devonte Graham has the best upgrades in every single category. First of all, Dante Graham leads the league in um, added points per game from last season to this season with four, with 14 extra points. Last year, he averaged only 4.7 points a game, while this year he averaged 18.2 points a game. An 18, a four, excuse me, a 14 point um, upgrade from the last season. Brandon Ingram only with a six-point upgrade, and Bam Adebayo with an eight-point upgrade. Very impressive, but still not as impressive as Devontae Graham. Another stat that Devontae Graham leads the other candidates in is assist upgrade per game. Devontae Graham in 2018-2019 season only averaged 2.6 assists per game, and then he bumped up his average to 7.5 assists a game another increase of around five assists. No other Bam Adebayo or Ingram didn't have, they did not have those increases in assists um, this past year. And so I know what you're saying and thinking that while I think it's Vontae Graham, you could say Bam Adebayo and Andre Ingram, 
Last year, they were not all-stars, and this year, they became all-stars. And my counter for that is that Devontae Graham, I believe, when I went over the all-stars for the East, I think he should have been an all-star instead of either Kyle Lowry or Demonte Sabonis. Devontae Graham's stats were better, and I just feel that since he's a smaller name than Kyle Lowry, and he's in a smaller market, he was underappreciated and undervoted, and I think he should have been an all-star. So I think, and so yeah, I think he should have been an all-star. Um, and another uh, crazy stat that Devontae Graham has is that he's uh, upgraded his both his field goal efficiency and field goal per- percentage from last year to this year. He was shooting only thirty four percent last year, while he bumped it up to a excuse me, he bumped it up to forty percent this year. Um, but the opposite can be said for Brandon Ingram. His his field goal percentage actually went down this past year. Um, it could be for shooting more shots, but it still went down. And Bam Adebayo, he doesn't shoot that many. He doesn't shoot that many shots, so um, his field goal percentage relatively stayed the same. But so going through these stats, it uh, seems obvious to me that Devontae Graham had has had the greatest increase in all major stats this past year from last year. So that is for me. That is why he should be the most improved player for the 2019-2020 season. So now that we're done with most improved player, uh, we are going to be going over sixth man of the year. My two candidates for sixth man of the year, one are, the first one is uh, Lou Williams, uh, shooting guard, point guard for the Los Angeles Clippers. And my second one for sixth man of the year, second candidate, is Derrick Rose, uh, point guard for the Detroit Pistons. So again, I went over the statistics, and I think this is the award where the where the stats for each player are the closest. So I believe that Lou Williams should be the winner of the Sixth Man of the Year, but if you came up to me and told me, I think it's going to be Derrick Rose, I would, and if you gave me... I, I believe that there is a good, there is an argument for that to be made, and um, there's an argument that has to be made, and I would not be upset if they chose if Derrick Rose won the award. But I'm going to give you my reasons again for Lou Williams. First, averages more points, 18.6 versus 18.1. I know only a .6 differential, but still um, a higher. Uh, points per game average. Another uh, statistic that is extremely close, Lou Williams averages 5.7 assists a game, while Derrick Rose only 5.6. I say only, but it's only, excuse me, again, only, but it's a one, it's a point one difference. Uh, rebounds, very similar again, 3.1 to 2.4. Lou Williams with the, um, with the lead on that. Uh, Derrick Rose averages 0.1% more steals, 0.8 versus 0.7. The big difference comes in really three-point percentage. Lou Williams shoots 36.3%, while Derrick Rose only shoots 30.6%. So I really could not find a big difference between these players. Um, And so then I started looking at the roster that... 
um, the roster and the bench statistics as a whole for each of these teams. And I saw that the Los Angeles Clippers leads the leads the league in every single major um, every single major bench statistic, and that is because they are spearheaded by Lou Williams. And I think um, for that, that's why I chose Lou Williams because of how well he has. I think he just brings a lot off the bench more than Derrick Rose. Um, and yeah, there's no, I, I, I'm very conflicted about this one. There's no real, um, there's no real reason why Lou should win it instead of Rose, why Rose should win it instead of Lou. It's really just what com- comes down to people's preference. Are they biased towards Lou Williams? Or are they biased towards the, biased towards Rose? Uh, so this one I'm very uh, conflicted on. I looked at another stat to try to help me more. Win share percentage. Lou Williams has four. He's uh, four, his win share is four, while Rose is only his win share is only two point five. So you can say that can that is the stat that pushes Lou Williams over the top. But I don't know. It's 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 very conf- it's very hard to choose this one. I think I'm just I think Lou Williams is gonna win, but. Yeah, so with that, let's just go on to the next award. This is this maybe the most um, like wanted award or most I don't know I don't know the word like uh, a popular award I guess you could say this year uh, rookie of the year. So when I say rookie of the year, and I'm gonna give my candidates, you automatically think it's going to be John Rant of the Memphis Grizzlies and Zion Williamson of the New Orleans Pelicans. But that's not true. Of course I have John there as one of my candidates and my winner, but I do not have Zion as my second candidate for one reason and one reason only. He has not played enough games for him to be in the race. He has only played, let's see, he has only played, well, first of all, he was injured for the first few months of the season. And then he only played around, um, I think it was, yeah, 20-something games. Around 20-something games. And I just think, well, Ja has played 60 games. That's a 40-game difference. And I don't think uh, you can put someone in a category for an award if they have not played, um, if they not have played enough games. I don't think 20 games is enough. Maybe if you played 50 games or 45 games, maybe that would be, Sufficient, but 20 games is 25 games is definitely not enough. So the candidate I chose is Hendrick Nunn for the Miami Heat. So let's start off by going over their individual statistics. Point per game, Ja leads with 17.6, while Nunn is behind two points with 15.6. Assists. Seven assists per game for Jaw, while none again is left behind with 3.4. Rebounds per game, 3.5 for Jaw, while 2.7 for none. Three-point percentage, Jaw is ahead again, 36 to none's 33%. And field goal percentage, Jaw is ahead again with 49%, and none is left behind with 44%. So we I just named five stats. Five major, major stats where Ja is ahead of Kendrick Nunn. 
So that, first of all, is my first reason for, uh, that's first of all my first reason for why Jaw is the rookie of the year. My second reason is I went and did some research on last year's Grizzlies team and last year's Heat team. So last year's Grizzlies team won 33 games and lost 49. This past, this, this season, the Grizzlies only played 55 games and they won 32. They won one, they, they were going to, if they finished out their season, they played 60, the 65 games, excuse me, not 55, and they won 32. They would have 100%, I can guarantee, they would have gotten, they would have beaten their win, they would have gotten above 33 wins that they had last year. And so then I went and looked at the roster from this year, and I looked, compared it to the roster of last year, and then, and I looked at um, major, major additions to the team. And the only major addition I can find that the Grizzlies obtained was John Morant. They had no big free agents. They had no other rookies. Uh, they had Brandon Clark, of course. He had, had he played a little. He played a difference, but John Morant was the one major, major uh, key addition to to the Grizzlies. And again, so that is, so yeah. Let's okay. So remember that John was the only one that the Grizzlies had this edition this past year. While when you look at the while you look at the Heat, they won 39 games last season. And this year, before the NBA season was cut short, they won 41 games. So it's only a two game ab above average, but they did play 65 games, so they still had a few games left to play. So you could assume maybe they would have won 50 games. We get maybe they would have won 45 games, but they definitely would have gotten, they 100% would have gotten above their last year record. But when you look at all of the additions that the Heat had, it's it's not even comparable to what the Grizzlies had. First of all, they signed Jimmy Butler, a one of the best defensive players in the league, an all-star. Yeah, that's it. They added an all-star to their team. Another person they added to their team, Meyer, Myers Leonard, a, a a solid center. They also added Andre Iguodala, one of the best 3 and D players in the league. They as well added another rookie in Tyler Hero. Um, and they added, they didn't really add, but out of the G League came uh, Duncan Robinson, uh, the best shooter on the team. So when you compare the record, when you compare the record and the additions for each of the teams, the Memphis Grizzlies and the Miami Heat, it's undeniable that Ja played such a bigger difference than none did on his team. And that and that's no um no hate on none. It's just the opportunity you're in. None can't make such a big, big difference because there's two all-stars on his team with Bam and Jimmy. And all and all these other great uh players and other rookies like Tyler Hero. But it's just obvious to me through addition, through, it's obvious to me through these statistics and through, uh, through roster additions and record that John Morant played a bigger effect on his team than none did. And, that is, and for that reason, I think Josh should be the rookie of the year. So finally, we're going on to our last award. This is the big, 
kahuna, as they say. This is the big award, the most valuable player. So, my first candidate for most valuable player comes from the Los Angeles Lakers. You know who it is, LeBron James. My second candidate, of course, it's obvious to everyone else, is it is obvious to everyone, is Giannis Antetokounmpo from the Milwaukee Bucks. So, last night, I did some intensive, intensive research, and I'm going to give it to you all right now. So, let's go over first their individual stats. First of all, points per game. Giannis is ahead by four, 29.6 for Giannis, and LeBron is behind with 25.7. Assist. LeBron with 10.6 leads the league in assists per game and total assists this, this season. Giannis with 5.8. Rebounds. LeBron with 8 rebounds a game and Giannis with 13 rebounds a game. Blocks. Giannis with 1 block a game and LeBron with a half a block a game. Steals. LeBron with 1.2 and Giannis with 1, with one steal a game. So... Through, we're just looking at these individual statistics, uh, blocks, rebounds, steals, assists, and points per game. Giannis wins 3-2, to two, but I would say that uh, LeBron, I would say that it's equal through these statistics because LeBron leads the league in assists and has the total assists. And so yeah, I would say through just going through these statistics, they are equal. Then I went on to their percentages. Through per percentage, LeBron is shooting 35%. And with and that is above Giannis, who's only thirty, who's only shooting thirty thirty point six percent, and and LeBron is shooting two extra attempts per game. So when you're looking at the percentage, you have to take that into account that LeBron shooting more three pointers and still has a better percentage. So compared to Giannis, his compared to Giannis, his percentage is a little better than the five difference, the five percent it is here. And now we're going to go on to their field goal percentage as a whole. So LeBron shoots 50% from the field and Giannis 54.7% from the field. Giannis does, have two, does, Giannis does take two extra two-point attempts per game, but when you look at the field goal percentage from less than five feet, LeBron is above Giannis with 68.4%. And Giannis only adding 61.5%. So LeBron shooting more three-point percent, more three-pointers in his percentage is higher, and LeBron is shooting a higher percentage from less than five feet, which is where Giannis takes 75% of his shots. So again, just like six men of the year, I think the MVP is a very close, close um is a very, very close award. And so I couldn't, I had to find stats or I had to find a reason for me to be able to choose one over the other. So I was thinking about most valuable player, most, it's valuable, valuable to your team. Without you there, your team would, without you there, your team would be worse. It's, it's not only that, but like, what do you offer to your team? It's also how you make your team better and all, all stuff like that. Everything is included in most valuable player. I don't think it's the best player. I think it's the most valuable player. So I looked at 
their usage percentages on how on each on each game how much the plays are ran through them. LeBron only his usage percentage is only thirty one point six percent, while thirty seven point four percent is Giannis's. So LeBron is being used less, which can be attributed, and that can be in his and I guess you could say his lesser stats can be attributed to that. But another stat that I think pushes LeBron over the top is assist percentage. Assist percentage is the percentage that, a percentage of assists that you give to your teammates. So LeBron is at 50%. So 50% of his, of his, excuse me, of his teammates' points are from him, are assisted by him, while Giannis is only at 34%. So through these stats, through usage rate and assist percentage and assists, it seems to me that without, that's, it's crazy to think that without LeBron, 50% of the scoring is not gone. It would go to someone else, but LeBron is 50% of the scoring, he, of the scoring that the Lakers have. And a stat like that, I think, is crazy um, and very important to determining who the MVP is. So, through all these stats, I determine that LeBron should be the MVP. I understand, I understand you could say, well, the Bucks, well, first of all, Giannis has better in some stats, but he also has worse than some stats, and I think and I value some stats more than others, like assists um, and field goal percentage, and assists, and assist percentage, and use straight. All those I value very high, and Giannis is second to LeBron in all of those. But you could also and you could also say that well, the, the Lakers uh, have a worse record. They're forty nine and fourteen, while the Bucks are. Excuse me. Well, the Bucks are fifty-one, and while well, the Bucks are fifty-one and fourteen, uh, I think. Yeah, the Bucks have a better. Yeah, the fifty-one and fourteen. The Bucks have a better record. So shouldn't I mean Giannis is um, ahead? One, I don't think record should be implemented. It shouldn't be something people use when speaking about most valuable player. It's not about team success. It's about player statistics and importance to the team. And. Second, my counter argument to that is that the East, everyone knows the East is a weaker conference. Um, Giannis is in the East, he plays more East teams. LeBron in the West is harder. LeBron's in the West, he plays harder teams. I don't want to bring that argument. I think it's petty, but I just don't think schedule, I don't think record is something that should be a factor in, a factor in choosing awards and specifically the MVP. So, that being said, I'm going to go over for each award again who I chose. First, Defensive Player of the Year, Anthony Davis. For the Most Improved Player, I chose Devontae Graham. For the Sixth Man of the Year, um, Lou Williams. But I'm I'm also I could hear arguments for Derrick Rose. Either one, I'm okay with. Maybe they should even. I don't know if they've ever done this before. They do it sometimes at the at the All Star Game. They give two people the MVP, or one time they gave two people the Rookie of the Year. Maybe they give give two people Six Man of the Year. If it was up to me, I would one hundred percent do that. Give one to Lou Williams and one to um, D Rose. But besides that point, I think yeah, Lou Williams should win Rookie of the Year. Uh, John Morant should win. Sorry to all you 
Zion fans out there. He just hasn't played enough games. Um, and yeah, but don't be worried. Zion will win plenty of awards in his um, NBA career. And lastly, for the MVP, I have LeBron James. This might be a little controversial, but I think through statistics, excuse me, statistics, and through, yeah, basically through statistics, I've shown that LeBron is more valuable to his team, and I think that's what the award really is about. Uh, so yeah, I have LBJ winning the MVP. So with that being said, um, we're going to end the episode uh, here. This has been the third episode of The Gelman Report. Thank you for listening, and uh, make sure to tune in for episode three later next week. Thank you.